Hello, and welcome to Launch Legends, the only podcast focused exclusively on the stories behind internet marketing's biggest and best launches. Each week, we sit down with an online marketing expert to tell the story of one of their launches, what went well, what didn't, and how much cash they made. And now, your host, Hamad Akbar. Hello and welcome to Launch Legends. Today we're joined by Jeff Bullers. Pretty much anyone in online marketing space has heard of Jeff. His list of achievements are never ending. Listed on Forbes as one of top 20 marketing influencers. Listed by Inc. magazine as top 20 marketing influencers to follow. Number one global digital marketing influencer. And the list goes on. Jeff currently gets 5 million readers a month on his site. He has around 700,000 Twitter followers. Jeff talks about how he initially just posted great content for years before he picked up traction. He also talks about how and what he would do differently if he was to start everything again. But before, if you're watching this on YouTube, please hit the subscribe button, rate and review. If you are listening to this on podcast, please rate and leave a review. Hey, Jeff, thank you for being on the show. So uh, I don't think I need to introduce you too much. Uh, let me just uh, revise that anyway. So uh, top 20 influencers, uh, you know, from Forbes, top 10 influencer, uh, CMOs globally, uh, number one global digital marketing influencer 2016, and the list just goes on. So uh, we will talk about how you actually got there. But before, I read something about your morning routine when you first started, where you used to wake up at 4.30 in the morning and uh, used to work from 5, five, five o'clock in the morning to 9 o'clock where you were just researching and uh, making content. And that's something I'm trying to do myself, where I have a morning routine where as soon as I wake up, first thing in the morning, I spend a couple of hours just researching and coming up with yep. grand ideas before I speak to my team and actually get going with the all day to day. So let's talk about that. How did that go and how did it actually start? Yeah, well, when I started um, the blog in 2009, which is 11 years ago now, it seems like just yesterday, but it also seems like a long time ago. Um, and, we've, and that was when social media was, you know, just starting out really. Facebook only had 50 million users. So the idea um, was about, and it was came out of a book by... Uh, uh, called The New Rules of Marketing PR by David Meerman Scott. And he talked about a new concept, which is creating online content to actually start or grow a business. Well, so I decided to test that uh, insight about the power of content in a digital world. And uh, so in March 2009, observing people's obsession with social media, and David Newman's observation insights about using content to uh, start a business, I started the book. So I started writing about social media, my observations about it. So just before I started, I actually wasn't working. So, uh, but when I started, I started a day job and that started at nine, worked to five or six. And uh, the only time I had to create content was to get up early. So for four years, when I was working for that company, uh, I got up at 4.30 a.m., was at my desk by 5.15 uh, and just started creating content. So I'd research, read, write, craft, then promote, send out the emails, send them out on social media, send it out on Twitter. So 
in those four years, I created a lot of content and that's when, you know, Google was more organic, Facebook was organic. I got my the time was great because back then the algorithms were working for the content creators, you know, without paying for it. Whereas today that's changed quite a lot as the big platforms uh, start to uh, charge you to reach your audience. So uh, the routine was very much one of getting content and being consistent in the creation. So essentially I was getting out five blog posts a week for four years and did it work? Absolutely. Uh, so I learned a lot and by reading and writing, I, the whole confusion of what was happening in social media, writing for me was a great way to distill that noise and information overload into something simple like six, seven hundred words every day uh, because when you're writing, you try to put it into a structure that makes sense to, you know, as many people as possible because you've got to put yourself in the reader's shoes going, can I write something, get a main message across, will it be interesting, will it be clear, will it have clarity, will it have simplicity, will it have structure? So that's that's what the routine was and then it was the day job. So the routine's a bit different now because uh, I got myself slowly fired by that job because I was ended up take, to speaking overseas and uh, I started to actually take leave without pay from the company. I sort of said to me, well, we're not really that interested in selling our stuff because I was selling, you know, websites and e-commerce stores and running workshops for them and they went, well, we're going to cut you down to three days a week, Jeff. I went, oh, really? So... Uh, then they cut me down to two and then uh, eventually they basically put me on as a contractor running workshops a couple, few hours a week. So I sort of got so busy and distracted with my own passion project, which was Was um, I got myself slowly fired. So, um, and when I, got, when I finished up, it was uh, ready to just, it was a business. I already had revenue. So it was a side hustle. And uh, I think it's the lowest risk business I've ever started. And uh, here we are still today. So, yeah. So let's go back. So how long were you in the routine for before you four had years. started? Four years. Yeah, wow. four years. So um, I was on a mission. I'm sort of trying to tap. it. Look, for me, the question still is that tapping into it was almost like tapping into an energy source. I don't know where it came from, but I was on a mission. And as I say in the Blues Brothers movie, a mission from God. Um, I don't know, but a mission. <laughs> so, um, it, the mission was just to, I suppose, I, I saw the power of social media get your voice out to the world and uh, I saw how that could be done and I learnt along the way and, I, and it worked and uh, and. Yeah, I liked the attention too. I started to get invited to speak all around the world and people paid me to speak and uh, it was just amazing. I, if you told me, you know, 11 years ago that that would have happened, I would have, uh, it, my, you know, the actuality, you know, went way beyond my wildest dreams in terms of what, what happened. So it was, um, it was a burning, passionate purpose and, uh, it came out of my reading. It came out, then came out of the writing, and then came out of the experimentation. So, so yeah. Jeff, let's go back. When you said you were doing that thing for four years, where you were writing five blog articles a week. How long before during those four years you started you started to see see real traction? Um, I suppose uh, it six to nine months in social media examiner 
sort of put me on a list of uh, was a finalist for one of their you know, top social media influencers or creators of blogs on the on the planet. And then we were actually put on the list by Social Media Examiner a year later. So about six to nine months in, we started to get uh, traction. And uh, it was about a year in that I got invited to go to New Zealand and, and do my first paid speaking gig runner workshop for Johnny Henriksen in his basically golf resort just outside Christchurch. So it six to nine months, but I was relentless. Uh, I essentially was writing a lot promoting a lot, building my Twitter following. And also quite often in business, one of the major fact, the major factor in business for success is often is timing. So, and I ended up with the start of social media and also the rise of the democratisation, the smartphone, the iPhone. So this was a perfect storm. And also it was a time when you could get organic reach and build authority quickly across social media and on Google. And as we know today, there's so much more noise and it's really, really hard to, to cut through now. Um, so we're, we're moving from organic into the world of getting, you have to be really, really good at paid digital advertising to get attention. Organic is hard to do unless you're a celebrity. Right. So let's go back to the first six months. Apologies. Um, right now, there's a blueprint for building a profile online. Um, a lot of people have done it. Back then, it was not that big. Not many people were doing it. What kept you going for the first six months? How, what, how did you know that it was going to work? Or it was just passion? You thought, you know what, forget it. It, works it, was, it, was, it, was just, it was just passion. And um, I saw my yeah, website numbers start to increase traffic. I saw my Twitter followers start to increase. Um, and what I loved about social media uh, was that it was the Wild West where you actually were like meeting your tribe from all around the world, people that were as passionate, as interested in social media as you were. And I remember, you know, I was writing at night for a while until I switched to the daytime, morning, early morning routine. And I could see America wake up as Twitter became busier and busier. And when I started on Twitter, there was only 5 million people on Twitter. It was, it was about 330 million today. Wow. So literally, uh, it was just I started to get feedback reinforcing what I was doing was working. I got some more attention. And as humans, we all have a little narcissistic streak. Some have more than others, and I won't mention names. But, uh, you know, a little bit of narcissism is good as long as it's healthy in terms of, you know, a little bit of attention. So I was getting some attention. It was working. I said, so I kept going. So it was the feedback loop. And What's great about social media, especially back then, was you could put information out and you could feel it, people would respond. So, and then that'd give you feedback and comments. So, you were making your own small change in the world, and then the people were actually coming back and feeding back to you, and they were changing you. So, it was almost like this uh, virtuous loop of mm-hmm. evolution and watching what worked and what didn't as you fed you know, content into the into the world, on social media, on blog. And, yeah, it, it, I could see it working. So I was encouraged and I doubled down. I said, I really want to, this is going somewhere. Um, and I said, I can really make something out of this. And uh, that's what happened. Great. So, I mean, back in the days, like you said, Wild West, where things were quite wide open, where you could build something very quickly and the feedback loop was very quick as well. Now there's a lot of noise, there's a lot going on. If you were to start doing the same thing all over again, how would you do it? 
the way I'd do it today would be still start a blog, um, still create content, but then I think you'd have to really work double down on getting that content out through influencers. You'd have to get much. You'd have to get good at doing Facebook targeted advertising, uh, maybe using Facebook video ads. Uh, you need to. Then you would need to repurpose content as well, and that's part of what I doubled down on recently. Was I launched uh, the Jeff Bullish Show podcast uh, just in March, mm-hmm. and the idea of video and recording it in audio as well, and then after that you can turn that into a transcript using Rev.com. So you can end up repurposing, creating a lot of content quickly. Mm-hmm. And also the competition. So the competition in podcasting isn't as strong because podcasting is where blogging was 10 years, whereas there's over 1 billion bloggers on the planet. Mm-hmm. So the the podcasting area for me is actually, uh, I think, would be a place I'd recommend for people to get involved with. The, the challenge with podcasting is that it's it's not as easy to do as just writing a blog post mm-hmm. because it's, you know, there's a lot of moving parts, the sound quality, video quality. You've got to have editing done. Uh, so, and then you've got to repurpose all the content. So, mm-hmm. and I put off in the podcast for about three or four years. What would I do? You've got to create content. You've got to work out a media format that I think you're comfortable with, and that could be video, it could be audio, be relentless, and then you've got to be really good at distributing. So it's really just two things. Number one is creating the content. Number two is distributing the content. And a lot of the models early on were uh, leap in, start creating, give away a lot of content for free, build an audience, and then work out how to make money out of it. So, and essentially it hasn't changed. It's just more difficult to do. Uh, you just, and as we all know, we're now battling the algorithms of, of Facebook and Twitter that will just remove your visibility because they want you to pay. Yeah, that's their model. So you can't fight City Hall. You've really got to double down and get smarter at paid uh, digital marketing and advertising. Great. Okay. So my, my question there is, that, okay, fine. Um, starting a podcast is a great thing. I'm doing the same thing as well. Um, a is hard. So you actually have to get loads of people to actually come and talk to you as well. That's okay too. But even then, there's so much content being created at this point where it's very hard to compete among the noise. Uh, is there any other way, maybe going multilingual, maybe targeting different audiences, untapped audiences? I think that you've got to experiment with a whole range of things. Um, you know, people like Neil Patel basically gets, he's got the resources to actually get a lot of his blogs translated into different languages. Uh, yeah. Not everyone's got those resources. Um, then there's, you know, basically guest writing for other uh, influencers or people that are authorities in your space. I think it's really important to pick a niche that's actually um, in growth I think that's really important. Uh, there's less competition, um, and you know, I think micro niches are actually really important as well. So, yes, there's an incredible amount of noise. It is difficult to do, but you you have to be relentless, mm-hmm. and uh, you really need to 
be multi-channel in your distribution and also in your media content creation. So you've, you've just got to experiment with a whole range of channels and also when you find ones that work is double down on those. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think the main thing is just keep going. Um, that's probably the best advice you can give someone. Be relentless and just keep doing it. Eventually it's going to work. It might be harder. Well, now, a lot of, but yeah. yeah. It, well, it's harder, but that's the reality. Um, but persistence is very, very important. And you speak to any entrepreneur um, and you've been through the journey of what you've told me about, you know, the startups you've been through. Uh, it's just relentless persistence and picking yourself up when you hit a roadblock and uh, essentially you just got to keep going and uh, keep testing. Throw a lot of stuff against the wall, see what works, what sticks. And uh, it's not all going to work. In fact, a lot of it won't. So it's, it's – and you've got to be – I think what's also important is to be passionate about the area you're in uh, because uh, to keep going, you, know, you need that energy that uh, to get you out of bed to keep you going each day. So uh, I think a passionate purpose – uh, the why, why you're doing this is really, really important. Great. So imagine someone's listening to this and they're thinking, okay, they're going to build their audience as well to Jeff's level. By the way, how much traffic do you get on your website and how many Twitter followers? We get around about 5 million visits a year. So, yeah. How many Twitter followers? Uh, we've got about uh, 650,000, something like that. Yep. Great. So imagine someone's listening to this and it's like, okay, I want to get to Jeff's level in that few years' time. And uh, he starts doing what, where was you, what, where were you saying, like, you know, be persistent with the content, keep producing great content and just trying out different channels. But then he's thinking, okay, how do I make money after all that? How did you start to make money and what's the course? Um, I started to get paid for speaking. So that was the first revenue stream. Mm-hmm. Uh, then... Uh, I experimented with doing consulting and I realised I said I don't really enjoy this. Um, also, the problem with consulting is it's hard to scale. Mm. So uh, the next step after that was uh, we, uh, as, as we were identified as being, you know, I became an influencer in my industry in digital marketing and social media marketing and digital entrepreneurship in that we, we do campaigns, especially for a lot of software as a service type companies globally, uh, to reach the small to medium business owners um, mm-hmm. because uh, that's, uh, that's our audience. And then we boost that with paid Facebook video ads that we've discovered work, different types that we've discovered work well over the years. Um, also using our organic uh, distribution on social media, uh, our email list, uh, Facebook Messenger. Um, so, and then the other thing we're doubling down on now is uh, on the Jeff Buller Show podcast is to actually um, have some more fun. And I think the other important thing I love about the podcast is, is the relationships you have after sitting down with someone for, for a while, you know, 40 minute chat, whatever, 30 minutes, an hour chat. And I, look, I'm just enjoying the, the relationships that are being built out of that. And as we all know, um, happiness comes out of good relationships and also relationships are basically where business success rises from as well. Um, and uh, so happiness comes from great human relationships. Um, you're right, uh, you're right. After you earn a certain amount of money, then yeah, it doesn't, it, you won't be happier because you earn more money. Uh, you're happier because you've got better relationships. You're right. I mean, uh, starting this podcast is probably one of the first best things I've done in my career. 
the kind of people I've been able to talk to is just amazing. And uh, you just learn so much just by talking to them. And then you're right, you build a relationship and then you just keep talking to them after the podcast as well. It's great for building relationships, it's great for creating content. And actually, it's a win, win, win. It's a win for you as a podcast host. It's a win for the guests where, you know, as a podcast host, you're promoting them and then it's a win for the audience. So yep. I, I don't see anything that's uh, better than this when it comes to creating content. So yeah. that's great. That's it. Yep. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Yep. Go on. Yeah. So, yeah, for us, it's uh, it's a term that's used for podcasts, especially doing interviews, is actually called the Oprah effect, is where you shine the light on someone else. It's all about, you know, the guest. And uh, then we actually then boost the attention. So we, we created a YouTube channel, which we record in video as well, and uh, we boost that. And we're getting, you know, most of our videos now, since we started the channel and boosting it, um, uh, up. 5,000 plus views. So it's, and then the guests are really happy because we give them attention. We're shining a light on them. And uh, that's, and then building a relationship as well. It's, it's very cool. I'm, I'm having a ball doing you know, the Jeff Bullard show. We're learning a lot still, uh, but uh, the agony of putting together initially and all the moving parts is uh, now a process. And as we know, uh, whether you're a startup, whether it's a solid business, processes and procedures and systems that become absolutely core and key. Great. So one last question. Um, great. You gave some great advice. Um, what's the one advice you would give to someone who's just starting out or who's struggling in the beginning? Uh, number one, work out why you want to do what you want to do, I think. Uh, and your passionate purpose is going to be the intersection of both your experience, your expertise and your innate ability. Mm-hmm. I think you've got to start with that. Uh, if you're going to head out and just to make money, I think that's a tough gig. And I've, I've you know, I've started businesses uh, about you know, just to make money, um, and I pick the trends right. But uh, for me, get make sure you've got a passionate purpose. <clears throat> Number two, um, business is also a team game, and you we'll have to do some most of the stuff yourself early, but after that, then you need to put in place systems and procedures and persist um, and, you know, work on the business, not just in it. Great. Jeff, thank you very much. Thank you for being on the show and uh, I hope I see you again. Thank okay, you it's been an absolute pleasure. And that's it for this episode of Launch Legends. If you enjoyed listening and would like us to find and share more online marketing launch stories, please search for Launch Legends in your favorite podcast listening app and then subscribe, rate, and review. Until next time.